back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 46. This episode features Sabato Segaria. He is a master sommelier. If you are a fan of the Psalm films and Psalm TV like I am, you'll know who he is. He's one of the main presenters in most of the most of the different educational content that's featured on Psalm TV. Specifically, most recently, there is a new series called the Sommelier's Notebook, and he's featured quite a bit on that on that series. He's also done a master class which features the food and beverage industry. He is someone who's opened, he says, close to 30 different restaurants over his career. Uh, he just recently left Bar Taco, where I believe he'd opened nine different ones uh, in the last year alone. So he's taken a step back from that. He's doing a bit of consulting, and we get into what he's been up to lately. We get into the current state of the food and beverage industry, the current state of restaurants, um, given our current uh, situation. And we talk a bit about a YouTube channel he started lately called Free Run with another master psalm, Dustin Wilson, and a lawyer named Mike Laszlo, who uh, is also well-versed on the, uh, the food and beverage industry. And they kind of talk quite a bit about how that relates with basically everyone who's been affected within the food and beverage industry, within the wine industry specifically, um, from the growers all the way to to when it hits our table. We start off with uh, a conversation about what he's been up to recently. Let's get right into it. So I left Bar Taco in November. Um, I was the president of Bar Taco and we had grown it from 13 restaurants to 22 restaurants uh, around the country into 13 states. And that was within a year we opened nine restaurants and that same year we had two acquisitions. So there was a lot of integration and I was on a lot of airplanes. So it was a perfect opportunity for me to step away, uh, exhale a little bit and really start to outline what I wanted to do next. And as a result, I've been taking some time off doing some little bit of consulting on the side, but it's been fascinating for me as I start to look at what my next step is to really understand the landscape of our industry, how no one's on on stable ground, and really trying to look in the crystal ball and, and understand what it's gonna look like when we emerge and who's best poised to do that and where I can lend support in my talents. So uh, it's a little bit, I feel fortunate in the sense that I didn't have to lay anybody off, but it's also, um, I'm kind of chomping at the bit. Mm. You know, I'm on the sidelines right now and like put me in coach because I love being in these environments where when we do emerge from this, I think we will be resilient as we are in, as an industry. It'll be a time that will really promote, encourage innovation. Everybody's going to do something new and being able to lead a team through that and join forces and then be able to look back and say, wow, look what we overcame. Look what we did. Look how we changed our company and hopefully how we changed the in industry as well. I mean, in so many different fields, people are going to kind of re, retool and re, you know, retinker how they do things, and, and even just from 
you know, how many online things and, and deliveries and takeouts. And I mean, there's so many different things that people are going to try and maybe streamline or I think as well, obviously the, the, just the human element of going to a bar and going to a restaurant and getting back and being social, that won't change. I don't think, but yeah, it'll be an interesting to see where we, where we go from here. The last time we talked, yeah, you were full into opening and, and, uh, and working your way through a whole bunch of different restaurants at the time. Cause I guess it's been a while now. So you were, you were fully, fully immersed in that. So you're, you're back in New York city now. I'm back in New York city and it's really an, an eerie time in New York where I went for a, a walk last night. Um, late at night and end up walking like six miles around the city and walking through like Times Square and seeing no one there. And it was the quietest I'd ever seen the city. And you see that and then you turn on TV and you see what's happening in the hospitals and it's really two different universes that are literally, you know, walking by hospitals. You don't really understand or feel the, the chaos that's inside it. And it's, it's very scary. Um, and I hope that we can see the end of this and, and sort of getting it under control and then we can really start looking at rebuilding because I think everybody, not just the restaurant industry, not just the wine industry, but the city, the country, the world is, is ready to do that. You and Dustin and, and a few others have been, you've been sharing information through that, uh, your YouTube channel with, uh, with free run, trying to kind of get some insight into what's going on in restaurants and stuff. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about this kind of idea that you guys came up with. It's funny, you know, Restaurants are places where people come together to connect with others. And whether that is guests or whether it's staff, managers, our industry, and being confined to the same four walls, um, each of us day in, day out, but in different four walls, it's you miss that sort of contact. Mm -hmm. And um, myself, Dustin, and uh, another friend of ours, Mike Laszlo, who's a lawyer out of Boulder, um, started, you know, we were having just conversations about what was new that came out that day and um, how it would impact uh, the industry or questions we had and found that we're having these same questions with a number of folks and those would be normally like, hey, let's all get together in a room and let's talk through these. So we said, well, we can't do that. Why not bring that conversation virtually? So it's been uh, an outlet where as we each learn and hear and uh, what's going on in, in different aspects of the industry, to really uh, have a place to bring them all together and look at it as an entire ecosystem. And that's been been fun for us. And we've gotten some great uh, questions and engagement from folks. And, you know, who knows how long it lasts. But for now, it's okay for us to connect with people uh, in a way that we can't do uh, in person. So I think from, you know, from from one perspective, just to have the knowledge base that you guys have as well and be able to share that that level of knowledge as well and having great guests on as well that's been like for example with uh with Yasmin Hirsch on yesterday just being able to share a, a great deal of information to people as well right so and and we're all you know we're you start out looking at wow how's this impacting my world and I'll say my world in terms of the restaurant world and then talking with Dustin who's in the retail world oh how is this impacting your world uh and then you start to realize how intertwined these are um and then oh what's happening to our suppliers what's happening to winemakers uh, and what are the, the challenges this poses to them. And I think the more that we can educate each other, educate our guests, consumers about our industry and how it operates, the better that is for them to understand what it takes for us to get out of here, out of this, 
and how to thrive in the future so we can be there for each other um, with it because restaurants are no fun without wine um, and uh, restaurants are no fun without people. So how do we make sure that we can get them all together and that everybody can actually be around that table um, when, when the time comes? I don't know about down in the States, but we've, you know, you have your list of essential uh, essential services or essential workers. And, and for us in BC, the, the foreign workers for in the vineyards and stuff have been considered an essential service. So they're getting that kind of temporary uh, relief from being able to actually trans, you know, transfer or transit in. Uh, so I don't know about you guys down there. Well, that's what Jasmine, that's one of the things I learned from talking to, to Jasmine and, and hearing that that was something that was deemed essential. And that's great because when you think about the importance of our food supply and um, especially in the in the vineyards and and where they are in their life cycle, just starting you know to to, to get the vineyards up and running for the for the season, um, it's crucial because without that, then that would cause some really detrimental long term effects, not just to the vineyards, but then as you start to think downstream. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's great that they see the value in that, and especially that that's um, uh, often uh, immigrants coming up from Mexico or wherever that may be. Uh, so we're glad that there is a shining spotlight on their contributions to the overall uh, industry and, and, and the economy as a whole. I was going to say uh, the economy as a whole because, you know, obviously, especially for BC, we've got such a huge agricultural, not just for grapes, but, you know, every other every other produce, you know, known to man, right? So, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, I hadn't, I hadn't uh, mentioned was the um, your contributions for the Psalm, the Psalm TV. Sure. Was um, I guess that's been some fun for you. It's been a lot of fun. Happy yeah. to chat about that, but that's been a you know as I have more free time, being able to to do that, and I love the teaching element, and it's a way for me to do it um, virtually, uh, whether that's blind tasting and put myself out there, or tasting with others, uh, or talking them through a region. So I've really enjoyed that. You know, when it comes to a lot of stuff that I've done with Jason over the years, it's like, oh, we'll start with a plan. Maybe it goes this way, maybe it doesn't. We'll see how it all plays out. So it's, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. Great, let's uh, let's try and shoot some stuff. Well, what do you want to shoot? And here's a couple ideas and then showing up and they're like, wow, we just did all that. And I don't think they quite understood how it was all going to come together. But uh, like they always do working their magic, uh, uh, Christina and, and, and Jason um, pull it all together. And so somebody's notebook has been fun because... Uh, it allows me to get back into the teaching element of, of things and reach a, a very broad audience. And I've always enjoyed teaching the basic fundamentals. Uh, I remember when I was able to learn about those and the light bulb that went off in my head. And so if this can help uh, others around the country, you know, light that light bulb, great. And especially when we're all trapped at home and they can continue to, to better themselves and, and build that foundation, whether that's for professional um development or just for personal enjoyment plus it gets me a chance to uh taste some some wines that i don't get to taste every day what was the master class again remind me that you did a master class as well so on some tv they have uh i think they've done maybe four or five master classes and it's basically uh about an hour-long ted talk style format about a different aspect of someone's career or aspect of the industry so i think jay fletcher did one where he talked about his uh, his ascension into uh, the wine world and, and what the wine world meant to him. And Laura Maniac did one on uh, champagne. There was one on sake. And then mine was on uh, opening restaurants. Um, I think over my career, I've probably opened north of 30 restaurants, I'd say. And so it was really talking about how I 
what I learned from the first one and how I applied that to as my career uh, evolved and presented uh, a different beverage that was uh, tied to that along the way so that the audience could have something to sip on and I could too um, as we chatted through it. As we find, I think probably a lot of us find ourselves, oh, there it is, it's eight, nine o'clock at night. Well, what should I watch? And kind of gone through the Netflix so many times, you've gone through you know all the different streaming services like, oh, what's on here? And because I think a lot of things get buried and lost on things like Netflix. And so mm-hmm. you're looking at Psalm TV, for me, it's a way of saying, oh, these are all things that I, topics I enjoy and different variations that all weave in um, telling different stories. So I've got a couple up in my queue of, of the ones that I want to watch. And um, I have no doubt that I'll have plenty of time to get to those uh, in the coming weeks. Well, that's the thing. There's only so many times you can rewatch Brooklyn Nine-Nine or, or uh, you know, <laughs> and I mean, and that's the educational side too. Like, not only is it fun and entertaining and, and like I said, watching yourself and others blind taste or, or, learning and but then the other side is learning new stuff right like you did the one on the sangiovese uh which i thought was really good and those are fun too because i i I like to watch those like is a very loose term um it's uncomfortable for me to watch them but i enjoy watching them and uh watching with my girlfriend's chance for her to brush up on she's not in the the wine industry she loves drinking wine but to give her a little bit of knowledge and uh understand sort of what we're drinking sometimes um, with it. And, uh, you know, the, one of the, you mentioned the blind tastings last time I was in LA, we were planning on doing the, the, uh, the notebooks. And I think we did Tempranillo, we did Nebbiolo, um, and we did a couple of other little segments. And then, um, Jason said, and what do you want for the blind tasting? I was like, wait, you never, never mentioned a blind tasting. Um, so that was something he's like, Oh, I didn't. And, uh, and so that was something that was kind of sprung on me, but in the end, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff Fisher, who's a winemaker for Habit Wine down in, in Santa Barbara, was uh, his good friend. And so fortunately, it was with him. So we had a lighthearted afternoon about it. And I knew it wasn't going to be too high stakes, but uh, it was it was fun. And I enjoy getting to kind of work those muscles out every once in a while. It's not something I do day in, day out. So any chance I, I get to do that and polish it up, uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, so I, one of the wine clubs I belong to uh, in the Vancouver area, obviously we've been trying to touch base online and, and do some video conferencing and, you know, you get 10, 10 12 people and, um, you know, not necessarily a theme, but sometimes we'll, you know, we'll say, well, we're presenting, present this wine or present your wine, right? And, and you know, tell us about it and, and talk through it a bit. And it's funny because you you get out of that, you get out of that habit of being able to talk about it even from a basic not necessarily the grid shall we say but just even a basic talking about what's in your glass Mm -hmm. right and talking about where it's from or or you know how much was it and and you know all that kind of stuff you just you you don't get used to that kind of you get yeah you get rusty yeah is there anything recently that you've that you've uh speaking of of blind taste is there anything recently that you've that you've had that you're like that you were you were maybe saving and and you were like oh i just I just, I should have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. They, they always ask about a, uh, what's your desert Island wine, but they never asked what your quarantine wine was. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I think that'd be the new, uh, the new, uh, new question there. But so for me, uh, I'd been, you know, buying wine over the years and I live in New York, so I don't have that much storage here, but I have, so I stored off site. And so for me, it's like, Oh, I'm going to be locked in here for, uh, for quite some time. So, let me order some stuff out of there. So it was fun for me to go shopping in my own collection uh, in some sense. 
and also started to see the patterns of what I've drinking through and what I need to re-up on. And especially drinking seasonally, uh, I'm low on Rieslings and, uh, and Chablis and things like that. So, so stock that up and uh, it's, you know, nothing that's, you know, mind blowing uh, on that sense, but some stuff that, you know, some old, uh, older burgundies, whether it's white or red, they said, oh, let me just pick up a bottle of this and see how it is. Um, some 04 uh, uh, Chablis from Tribule. Uh, then also, what else were there? Last night we had an 05 de Arlo um, uh, Rouge that was delicious. Uh, and then actually, uh, I don't normally drink cocktails at home now, mm-hmm. but it's sort of been one of the things where you know, we're not necessarily drinking more we might be drinking maybe a little more frequently in terms of the number of nights, but it's not, oh, let's have a second bottle or let's go have a round of drinks before and then afterwards. So it might be, you know, a bottle of wine and then a cocktail afterwards, or maybe it's just a cocktail and maybe it's just wine. But uh, as I look at my sort of liquor cart, there's a lot of stuff that has dust on it. So it's like, oh, what can we do with this? And so making some doing some research and you know the other night made some blood and sands and i had a bottle of cherry herring that i don't know how i got why i had it but mixed up one of those it was delicious so it's it's fun to experiment i have a lot of tequila on the cart so um i'm looking for creative ways to to utilize that and mezcal as well so yeah we uh we started making negronis that was that's the cocktail of choice that we started uh hitting recently so um We've determined COVID nineteen is the amount of the amount of pounds that you're going to uh, put on by the end of this. Uh, okay, yeah. I hope. Yeah, it's and I, and I I totally agree. It's it's like, and I mean it's a it's a question or it's a concern, not necessarily a concern, but I mean people are, you know, stuck at home and it does it does lend you to to you know pouring the glass a little bit more. Um, maybe like you said, maybe not necessarily more but you're more more frequency like you're having a glass or two uh every night but um um it's interesting it's like what do i have in the fridge what should i cook tonight what should i uh have for dinner and then it's like oh what should i drink let me just see what's laying around like it's not though i'm going to go to the grocery store or go to the wine shop and just pick something up at that moment so it's sort of planning ahead and like oh i didn't know i had this so oh that plants the seed for you know down the road where you got to make xyz uh we you know Tonight's Tuesday, so we're gonna do Taco Tuesday. So let's make sure we have lemons, so we can get uh, or limes, so we can make uh, make margaritas and, and stock up on things like that. So it's funny that there's been a few like like Uber kind of has just hit the market in in Vancouver. Um, so obviously Uber Eats and and uh, is allowing now alcohol deliveries and stuff. So all this it's funny to say it, but it's all, all this is kind of new for Vancouver. We were one of the first, or I mean, the one of the last in the North America, pretty much. Perfect timing for them, I guess, uh, you know, in terms yeah. of getting on that. So mm-hmm. it's funny how the certain industries are uh, benefiting from this, from this current concern, Costco, you know, um, you know, others, others as well. Right. So uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting, you know, from the restaurant standpoint with everything shut for the most part, uh, what that ramp up looks like. But then on the other side of things, when you look at whether it be, you know, Restaurants being able to sell wine out the front door, which they couldn't before in the U.S., uh, or the spike in uh, sales for Costco or for for wine and, and spirits stores, how that will sort of uh, contract when we get back to whatever that normal is, and also what people will now be conditioned to, because you got to think about it. Whether it's six six weeks, eight weeks, however long this may last that's uh you get into some routines um especially 
routines that aren't just going to be, oh, well, this is just while I'm in this. This is, you know, home routines. These are personal routines that you will take with you beyond. It's not just, oh, I'm doing this for the season or because I'm here, this is what I do when I'm on vacation. Well, this is what you do in your home and eating and dining and um, and drinking and entertaining is, is such a part of, of our cultures, especially when you're in the restaurant business. Food-wise, uh, I think I've seen a few things that you've been doing lately, but like my wife's a teacher, so she's at home, so she's been cooking up a storm. Um, so, and that leads to the opening the bottle because when you have that nice whatever you're like oh you know yeah let's open up this with it because it'll go with it right so and that's the you know i love to cook and so this is an excuse for me to to cook at home but being able to you know before be like oh maybe i cook at home maybe two nights a week three nights a week and go out the other nights but now literally plotting out you know 14 meals uh over the course of a week great what are we gonna have for lunch what are we gonna have for dinner and the farmers, I live a couple blocks from the Union Square Farmer's Market, so that's my excuse to get fresh air in the morning. So get out there early, walk through, and you know, with restaurants not buying from those farmers, it's great to be able to support them in the small amount that we can. I think everything makes a difference, but but as I walk through there, it's like mine starts racing, and especially we start to change seasons here. Uh, new ingredients, oh, we gotta try this, we gotta try this, and so it's how we, uh, upcoming menus, and then like that, and also gets my mind working, okay, what do we get to drink? So we can kind of make it a theme, you know, made pizzas the other night. So we had like an Italian, uh, meal doing tacos and, um, things like that and make sure that's just, just like in a restaurant, how does the food and the beverages work together? Hopefully things are onwards and upwards for you with, uh, with whatever you have, yeah. uh, coming up in the, in the I'm near sure future. You know, the, the bright side of this is everybody's gonna have to rebuild. So I think there will be opportunities out there. Um, how's this impacted your work? For me, um, being in law enforcement, it's uh, I'm 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 still dealing with the same level of involvement, um, but a lot of our personal contact is is kind of changed. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our, a lot of our interactions are by video and stuff now. Um, mm -hmm. There's less people. There's less people at the courthouse. There's less people, um, you know, that you're dealing with in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. But um, we've we've had the odd day here and there where we're where we're at home doing courses and because we're trying to limit the amount of people that we need overall. Sure. So if we can, if you can keep that bare minimum and, uh, and then allow others to just, you know, have the day off and recuperate and stuff and, uh, just kind of keep it to that bare, bare staffing levels. Right. So it's been, it was interesting. Um, when we were walking last night, um, it's like one of the comments we have, wow, I can't believe how many police are out. And then it was a question of, are there really that many more police out or is it just that there's no other cars and that's all we see um, over and over again? And um, the sound of sirens in the city is different now. Um, before it was just part of the normal day, but now they stand out so much since there's not much noise. And you start to hear those and it becomes eerie, especially knowing what's happening in the hospitals uh, right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. Different times indeed. And uh, we're, we're concerned as well for the inmate population for when that finally does come around. Cause there's been a few cases here and there and we've had a few that we've had to deal with and, and the different, um, you know, w w the intakes they're being assessed and then they're being, uh, we, cause we have nurses and stuff in the, most of the jails, uh, you know, throughout the world have nurses and, and whatnot for intake and just how we're treating, how we're, how we're handling, 
you know, contact levels and that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see where where it goes from here. So, well, stay safe up there. Yeah, you too, my friend. And um, with the with the free run, do you have anything else coming up uh, in the near future, or is it? Kinda... Yeah, we're we're trying to do it, you know, once a week, and and after we do and sort of say, okay, well, what what have we learned? What have we come up with? And uh, I think definitely with great Jasmine offer her perspective. I think being able to offer uh, a restaurant tours. Uh, uh, thoughts so somebody that that is actually living it in New York right now um, also thinking about people like maybe it's a CFO for a restaurant company maybe it's someone that deals with the real estate aspect of it so um, I think the more we can understand how those different components are then people can work together to find a solution because again it's not as though it's only impacting one aspect of the industry it's really impacting all of them so uh, there's no one silver bullet for this but it's really how we can all work together to find a way to mutually get out of this and know that it's not going to be back to normal day one, that it's going to be a steady ramp up. Um, and I think the sooner we can all get on that page, then the better it'll be for us to, to be able to model things and, um, and staff accordingly and get people back to work. I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me.